It's going. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's going this time. Okay. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Soul School Podcast. The Soul School Podcast is produced bi-weekly, bringing you conversations to inspire, bring you hope, and acceptance from our heart to yours. I'm Anna. And I'm Kasha. And we're the creators of the Soul School Podcast. Can't you see? You're braver than they'll ever be. So take a stand. It's in your hands. You hold the lock and key. So, Anna, how are your New Year's resolutions sticking? Are you still practicing what you had hoped to accomplish this year or this month? Well, it's been so many months since the New Year, I feel like I I have a hard time remembering what I was committing myself to and thinking about it. I've been trying to read more and I've been reading but more listening to audiobooks rather than reading. I do need to get back into my reading routine. I took myself off Facebook for Lent, so I'm trying to read more, but realistically I'm just coming home and ve- like vegging on the couch way more than I should. But there's some other circumstances that are making me more tired, and it's not a baby either because everybody at work is like, want to jump on anything. If I say I have heartburn, it's like, no, I just eat really poorly. So I have a lot going on where I'm just really tired. The last thing I want to do is pick up a book. But really, when I do pick up a book, I get right into it again, and I enjoy it. So kind of. I've listened to probably six audiobooks this year, but I haven't read as much as I've wanted to. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. How about you? What's going on with your New Year's resolutions? I agree with you. It does feel like it was months and months ago. In reality, it was actually like two months ago. To be honest, the first couple weeks of January, I felt that I was kicking butt and rocking in my New Year's resolutions. And my New Year's resolutions included, I wanted to work out four times a week. I wanted to eat gluten-free and dairy-free and meal prep and read one book a month. And doing my Headspace meditation app and then having chamomile tea every single night. Then about week three and a half, week four of January hit. And I kind of fell off the bandwagon with the meal prepping and working out four times a week. It was the intentions were all there, but then it was really, really hard to maintain it, unfortunately. Well, it sounds like you were doing a lot, too, all at once. And it seems like all of those things are really great individually. But when you try to put them together, it was kind of hard to maintain that. That's why I'm kind of a fan of starting whenever you want on a a resolution or a new goal. I saw something really good today. Of course, I can't remember where I saw it, but it said something along the lines of you keep the goal the same, but you change the plan. That kind of brings Mm -hmm. to mind like your situation brings that to mind because you still have those goals. It's just you've rerouted a little bit for right now. I love that. And I think that's why this month we wanted to talk about stress management because January makes me take a look at my own time management and prioritizing my time directly correlates to my stress management. At least that's what I've noticed in my own life. And so in this episode, we will take a deeper look into four areas of stress management, sleep, organization, time management, and planning. Yes, stress management. It's so sad that we even need to talk about this, especially for some of our younger audience members. If you're in high school, I just read an 
article the other day that said statistically kids are more stressed out than adults mm. these days. That's so sad. That's sad. really sad. But we're here to combat that. I think with this episode and we want to make sure that everybody gets something out of this. It doesn't have to be everything. These are just little ways you can tweak and manage. Kasha is a great example. I'm a great example. We all start out with the best Mm -hmm. of intentions. We go cannonball (laughs) into having to be perfect and we really don't have to be perfect. These are just Take them lightly, but take them seriously. So take maybe one seriously. You don't have to have all of these in order. I will say I don't have all of them in order, but I do feel like if you're working a little bit towards a goal in just one of these categories, you're going to feel so much better about your stress level. And it's one step in the right direction, right? Like it's bettering ourselves. So even if it's just one little thing that you take away and you're implementing, then it's the step in the right direction regardless. Absolutely. This is really for anybody, though. Adults are stressed. Kids are stressed. Young adults are stressed. I know personally I've been stressed this year. I know you've been stressed, Kasha. We've <laughs> seems like endless, and we don't want it to feel like it's an endless cycle. We want to be able to provide you with some ideas to help maybe break that cycle of stress. Diving right in, I'm going to take over on sleep And this really awesome catchphrase, I don't know what it's called, but it's a term called social jet lag. Have you heard of it, Kasha? No, I've never heard of it. And I'm super excited for you to share with me what it is. So I read this on Shine, which is going to be brought up much later in this episode (laughs) in a different capacity. But Shine said social jet lag is what happens when you disrupt your natural sleep rhythms most often to stay up later and sleeping longer on the weekends compared to your usual weekday schedule. Do you ever do this, Kasha? All the time. (laughs) Well, and you're probably actually jet lagged, right? From being in Mexico. I know the time difference isn't too great is it even what's the time difference in Mexico it's only actually it's eastern time so it's just one hour difference but your your sleep schedule I feel like is off just because you're sleeping more and resting more when you're on vacation Vacation and staying up late and so I I'm absolutely guilty that trying to pack everything in on the weekends and then suffering with sleep the rest of the week yes so I do this all the time I've done it all week I've been getting up literally 20 minutes before I have to leave for the day. Okay, what are you getting done in 20 minutes besides panicking? Nothing, right? It's horrible. So I'm laughing because I'm the same way. I'd rather sleep in a few minutes more than take my time in the morning. It's so bad. Yeah, it's it's hard. You think you're doing yourself a service by sleeping in a few more minutes. But really, I will wake up sometimes before my alarm and I feel great. And I mm. am like, oh, I could get up right now. I'd feel really good. I don't feel groggy. But then I choose to stay up or stay in bed. I choose <laughs> to stay in bed and get a few more minutes of shut-eye. I mean, there's a reason it's the joke is just five more minutes because – It's like sweets. Just one cookie is never enough, right? Five minutes is never enough. You're really not changing anything if you're sleeping longer or really going to bed later. I do this sometimes, but barely these days. It's just not 
a worthy investment. It'd be like taking $5 and putting it towards something that's going to hurt you. At the end of the day, you should keep a sleep schedule the whole week. Now, Hmm. that doesn't sound fun, like waking up at 5.15 on a weekend. But realistically, what you should be doing is programming yourself and programming your sleep. Mm. I certainly don't wake up at 5.15. But think about that. If you're waking up at 5.15, like I'm supposed to be, every day of the weekend, and then on Saturday, I sleep till 10. Mm. That's major. It's rocking your world. So according to this article in Research It's actually more harmful for you to do this where you get up later or go to bed later every once in a while than it were to be if you were to completely change your entire sleep schedule. Wow. Right. It just brings me back to every kid, right? When you're a kid, you have a bedtime routine, right? And so your parents say like, you're brushing your teeth, maybe you're at 7.30 or 8 o'clock or 8.30. So it never should really change is what I'm hearing you say is it's still just as important as a child as it is in your adolescent years, as a teenager, in college, and then as an adult. Yes, it is. And we all do need routines. We're creatures of habit. We thrive on it. So some of the negatives you might experience with doing this to yourself is moodiness. You're more susceptible to getting sick and you are obviously going to be more tired, Mm. even though you're trying to be less tired. How can we combat this sleep problem? Well, like I said, it might sound boring, but Going to sleep and waking up at the same time each day is ultimately what's going to be best for you. And I also had some tips from Karina and Katrina from Tone It Up. Love those girls. Who I I know. (laughs) I was going to say, I know you love them. Actually, I should say, I saw it from Karina and Katrina from Tone It Up. They are workout ladies. They're awesome. I know Kasha and I have both done their programs in the past, and I know you love them. You introduced them to me. They're super positive. That's why I think I love them. They have fun with fitness, and they're just positive, and it's total girl power, and I just love that. Yes. So they're awesome. We love them. But they posted an article from Brit & Co., Three Mm -hmm. Simple Ways to Get Sleep Tonight, and it's actually from Tone It Up. So it's an article on Brit & Co. and the girls posted this. Some tips they give you are getting your sweat session, aka working out, moving. And I do find that when I come home and I'm tired at 6.30 p.m., (laughs) if I just get up and move around a little more, that tiredness instantly goes away. And then it's reserved for later when I'm actually supposed to be going to bed. Yes, I would agree with that too. And I feel like I sleep deeper when I do that too. Second Eat your Z's, as in sleeping. Certain foods have melatonin in them. We know that people say eating turkey, which has tryptophan in it, makes you tired. They suggest snacking on walnuts because they have a high concentration of melatonin in it, and it'll seep into your bloodstream faster. And melatonin melatonin helps to regulate your body's sleep and wake cycle. Also seafood, salmon, tuna, and halibut are also great for getting good night's sleep because they have vitamin B6 in it, which your body needs to make melatonin. I know. I didn't know that. That's awesome. And I love all those foods. I know. You're so good with the health foods. I'm like, (laughs) can it be like an ice cream? A coffee? A latte? (laughs) A chamomile tea? (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah, don't even get me started on chamomile tea. You and I can talk about that off the podcast. Oh, I just love it. All right. (sighs) My 
biggest one here. I tell students this all the time. Unplug and unwind. Yes. Unplug and unwind. You have to turn off the TV. You have to put down your phone. And no one is doing it. You and I aren't doing it right now. It's 8.30. I'll probably be going to bed by 9.30. You should be off technology an hour before you go to bed at the very least. Because, as I explain to my students, it's tricking your body into thinking it's daylight outside. So some Mm. people even go as far as having special glasses that you can wear once you get home and it takes away some of the different wavelengths of light, I guess. That Wow, I've never heard of that before. <laughs> the spectrum of light, it, it dissipates those certain ones that are going to make you think it's daytime. Because even right now we're sitting with lights on. Of course, our body is so confused. Those are just some tips to get more sleep at night. It's just so important. And I know the last thing a teenager or a 20-something wants to hear is you need your sleep. But truly, if you are well-rested, you are going to be able to manage your stress so much better than if you are tired and sleep-deprived. That's why you know new mothers have such a hard time because they're not sleeping. So sleep absolutely has to be a part of your priorities when it comes to managing your stress. I love that. And actually something that I learned from Oprah, she says that she actually plugs her phone in either at the other end of her room or in another bedroom just so that she is not tempted to get on Instagram, Snapchat, you know, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is. She's not tempted then to check any of her emails either. She's got it plugged in in the other end of the room. Um, So that always made me think, man, I should start doing that instead of right beside me too. Oprah struggles. (laughs) And I bet you mean she doesn't have Rosie the robot from yes. what was it? Oh gosh, the Jetsons like come and like rub her feet down, tuck her in, and take her phone away. Well, apparently, even Oprah connects her phone into the other room and she does it herself. I love it. We've got to bring instead this- of the butler. <laughs> butler. So the next topic that we'd like to talk about, and and I just noticed this sleep organization planning and our time management. The acronym is STOP. And that's really what we're trying to do is, isn't that cool? I just got really excited. I just noticed that. So we're really trying to get us to stop and notice, you know, and be just become more aware. So the next topic that we want to talk about is organization. And so for Anna and I, both with our backgrounds and being teachers, for me personally, this is something that, as Anna knows, I get I geek out about organization because it's just very exciting to me. It's like a little... Uh, nutty thing about me, but I love organization. And something that's helped me as a teacher with organization is sticking to a to-do list. So every day when I'd come into work and come into school, you know, I'd create my to-do list for the day. And there's, for something, for someone like me, for instance, I love, and I don't know if this is... (laughs) if you like to do this too, Anna, but I I create little boxes that I like to check off when I'm done with them. So it doesn't matter how small or big the task is, I get very excited to be able to check it off and like, like take a marker and like scratch it out. Like I feel so accomplished. Me too, girl. Do when you I do that. Write, do you write down things that you already did even though they weren't on your list? Like, yes, take out Zoe and then go write yes. it in and cross it off just to feel more accomplished? Yes, even if it was something that I did before I got to school. It's just that sense of crossing it out is such a relief. I'm just so proud of myself. 
So that for me, sticking to a to-do list, no matter how small or big. And one of the tips I've heard to do, and this has helped me, it's not something I'm great at, but it's something I'm working towards. I've been told that you should start with the things that are going to take you the longest to do. So the thing that you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. To start with that first, because then everything else is easier. And so then you feel even more a sense of accomplishment when you do that hardest thing first. And then you do those other smaller things later. Um, So that's... I love that. Sorry. Yes. I love that you start with the hardest thing because then it also gives you like a little bit of mojo yeah. That's a really You're dated like, I, I term. I did that hard one. But now I can do anything. <laughs> right. You feel like Gal Gadot, like super Wonder Woman. You're total, like, yeah. Total Wonder Woman. I did the laundry Absolutely. and I <laughs> cannot stop me now. <laughs> Unstoppable. <laughs> so the other, the other thing that has helped me, and I know I've shared this with you, Anna, and I don't know if any of our listeners have come across this book, but if you haven't, you need to go Google, YouTube, and buy the book. So one of the greatest books I've ever found and YouTube videos, you can find this author on YouTube. Her name is Marie Kondo. And I believe she's Japanese, if I'm not mistaken. And she wrote this book, and it's called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. It's a very easy read. I want to say it's 150, maybe 200 pages, but it's a super, super simple, easy read. And we'll put the link in our show notes for you and the book literally Anna changed my life and not only for me but my neighbors several of my friends me too you helped me after it oh I just love her and it's just so to all our listeners this might sound a little like woo woo but for me it was just she made it so simple that it was it's almost like it just she made it so simple it's hard not to love her you know right so one of the things Anna she says she will literally ask you to lift up whatever you're trying to get rid of. And I am I would say that I'm pretty good with this. Every three to six months, I go through clothes and books, journals, um, dishes, you know, rags, towels, you know, whatever it is I have in my house, whether it's flower pots, anything. Every three to six months, I basically go through my house and say, have I used it? Have I not? If I haven't, I'm going to give it to someone else. And what Marie Kondo, she, her mindset is very different. She gives it through a perspective. She'll say, lift up that article of clothing or item that you'd like to donate or keep. And she'll ask you to take a look at it and say, does this bring you joy? So for instance, let's say it's a sweater that my mom bought me six years ago for Christmas. And I hold on to it because, you know, she gave it to me and I can't get rid of it. It was a Christmas gift, you know, and then I only wear it when I'm only around her. But I don't like the sweater. I don't like how I look in it. I don't feel confident. I don't feel good in it. So Marine Kondo would say, look at it. Does this sweater bring you joy? And if it doesn't, you're purging it or you're getting rid of it or you're donating it to someone. And I... Within mine and Anna's group of friends, what we like to do is sometimes, and they're all gently used items, whether it's jewelry, whether it's clothes, shoes, whatever, we like to give it to friends and say, hey, if you'd like to wear this and use it, great. If not, donate it. And so that really helped me is just take a look at it and say, does it bring me joy? And the same thing with books. If it's a book I've been holding on to for years, which I do do, I'm much worse about this than Anna is. And I know you are so good at actually reading the books. But I have several books that I've had for months and years that i like, oh, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. Instead, I probably know someone that would benefit from that book and instead giving it to them, 
and having someone else use it. And so for me, I know it's a little bit of Catholic guilt where it's, she says too, is if you're not giving it away or if you're not donating it, you know, getting rid of purging it, then you're stealing joy from someone else. And that, that really resonated with me as a Catholic because I thought, I don't ever want to steal joy from someone else. You know, it's that total Catholic killer. I don't want to steal anything from anyone else. So I know it sounds really silly, but it's, if you really kind of start to put those piles of your donation, giving it to another friend that you know would love or enjoy it, or it would bring them joy, then it makes it a lot easier to let go of things. And for me, I know that purging and getting rid of things lets me have less and I feel that I'm able to enjoy my life more because then I'm not stuck with clutter and having to clean things up. And I I know, you know, Anna, that's crazy, you know, for me, but I just would rather have less things to have to clean. <laughs> oh, I'm in the same camp of wanting that, but we currently do not have that. So I see how things add to stress. Cleaning adds to your stress. A lot of people out there, if you're in your 20s or 30s or even above, you have a household to manage. It's just not fun to do all of those little chores. And some of the students who we have that listen to this podcast, maybe you don't have as much stuff yet, but certainly heading into college, I always came home with more and more things. I'd go away to school, you'd go to Walmart, and then you slowly are just accumulating more and more. Yes. And it stresses you out because then you have to move that stuff home. Some of that stuff is still sitting in my mom's house and I'm 30 and I'm just at the point where I tell her, just get rid of it. I won't remember that I even had it. And that's how you know things are bad when you don't even know that you have something. And you're not the only one, too. My my husband's mom, my mother-in-law, she's still kept stuff. And he's like, I didn't even know I had this. Like, get rid of it. I didn't miss it because I didn't even know I had it. So for me, it's every three to six months. I know some people, it's once a year. You know, people say, like, in the spring cleaning. That's one of my favorite times of the year, Anna, is spring cleaning. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I cannot wait. In about a month, about six weeks, I will be doing it from our, like, basement storage space to everything else. It's gets me so giddy. It's so ridiculous. But one of the things I will say, another one, so not only Marie Kondo that I would highly recommend the book, and you can even check her out on YouTube. I think you can even, correct me if I'm wrong, Anna, but did I not send you maybe the YouTube link that I think you can actually listen to the book? Someone listened to it on YouTube, I believe. Okay. Anyways, we'll try to find it in the show, and we'll put in the show notes for you if that's a possibility. If not, Definitely check the book out at the library or buy it. It is life-altering. One of the podcasts that I also love, it's all about purging and just minimalistic living, is called the Functioning Minimalist Podcast, and we can also add that to our show notes. And it's just a few-minute podcast, but she's all about simplifying your life, and that is really a wonderful podcast that I've loved that has helped me kind of simplify my life in so many other ways, too. Um, So... If you want to take a look at that, that's also wonderful. That has helped me tremendously. Gotta love a good podcast. Yes. <laughs> I'm always recommending, we're always recommending back and forth. It's so hard to make, talk about stress. Like I get stressed looking at my podcast feed because I have, really, <laughs> I do because I have so many and I've been really committed to my audiobooks. So even looking at, I, I didn't really think about this before while we were talking about the show, but what about digital clutter? 
that's going to be a huge thing as we move forward into the digital age. How many pictures do you have just sitting there that you're never going to look at again? And I go to a lot of concerts and I've stopped taking a lot of pictures and videos because I never go back and watch them again. So just another aspect to think about again. I do love Marie Kondo. I learned how to fold my shirts in a very, if you want something practical, because like you said, it could be kind of woo-woo. Like you don't have to pick up everything and say, does this bring me joy? But it's a good way of looking at it. It's a lens to look at your stuff through. But definitely practical tips about how to organize and how to fold clothes so they're functional and you don't dread it. Yes. Why don't people teach you that? Well, there's Marie Kondo. And I would say the other thing, too, that she really brought to to me and to my soul, I, 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 I don't know what you want to call it, but she really, what resonated with me, Anna, and I don't know if this resonated with you, but now when I go shopping, I'm, I'm a little more aware of what I buy. Absolutely. You know, I think of, okay, well, that necklace, will it fit with more than two outfits? You know, like how many... And outfits could I wear with that necklace? And I'm a little more conscientious because I love jewelry. I also love just accessories like scarves. And so I'm a little more aware of, I now have more basic color clothing, you know, so I'll have like one solid dress color, but I'll have that same style and maybe many different colors just because I then can, you know, play around with accessories and I'm not buying as many accessories. At least that was one of my takeaways. For sure, the folding, I religiously fold my shirts exactly Marie Kondo style. And you said about the digital age, something else that I just thought of for students is so many of my college papers, Anna, files and papers and projects that I worked on in school that I thought I'm never going to use these so I really that's something else that Marie Kondo you can kind of take even more further is she talks about pictures I even got rid of pictures and I went through my album and I thought I don't even know who this person is and this was 15 years ago I will not remember this person in another 20 so why am I holding on to certain pictures you know I know it sounds Silly, but it really does make sense. And especially as we head into the digital age. So I love that you're already doing that with your concert photos. Absolutely. Our next topic is time management tricks. Some of the tricks, so I'm going to go over two in particular that have worked for me. And Anna, I would love for you to tell me tricks that you found that have worked for you. But the two that have worked for me in the last, I would say probably two or three years, Number one is called the tomato timer, or you might hear it as the Pomodoro timer. And basically what it is, it's a 25-minute timer. You can get it on the website. It's free, tomatotimer.com. And the timer goes off, and it's 25 minutes. I set a lot of my schedules. So in between coaching and tutoring and substitute teaching, when I get home, a lot of times I'll set this timer. Okay, I know I need to cook dinner, so I'll do the prep time. I do as much as I possibly can in those 25 minutes. And Anna, what I have found is I'm so much more productive in 25 minutes. And then when that 25-minute timer goes off, I go and use the restroom. I might go make myself another cup of coffee or a cup of tea. I quickly call someone. Maybe it's like a five-minute break. You know, whatever else I need to do on that to-do list that I had previously already created early in the morning. And then I set another 25-minute timer. So maybe... I work my butt off for 25 minutes and then I maybe I have a 5, 10, maybe 15 minute break and then I go back to 25 minutes. So Anna, what I noticed is after every 25 minute 
timer that would go off, I found myself that I was extremely productive during those 25 minutes, that I actually accomplished more in the 25 minutes than maybe two hours. Something else too is when I do that 25 minute timer, Anna, I turn off my phone so it's on silent. I am not checking emails. So whatever task that I'm working on during that period of time, every other distraction is turned off. So if it's, oh, a book I've been writing, that's in the other room. If it's a magazine, if it's, you know, something else I was doodling or writing about my to-do list, it's out of the picture. So only the task that I'm working on is in front of me, whatever it is. It could literally be doing laundry, you know? So I don't have, maybe I have music going on in the background, but there's nothing else that's distracting me from that 25 minutes. And I've just found that I am like kicking butt in those 25 minutes way more productive than maybe if I said, oh, I'll give myself two hours to do this task. It's life altering, mind blown. (laughs) I love it. I do love the Pomodoro technique and I have a Pomodoro timer app that I don't absolutely love, but I will say that I have a really hard time just getting going on things that I'm trying to like avoid. So I've paired the Pomodoro technique with Mel Robbins' five second rule. And I love Mel Robbins. She just was so inspiring. I watched her TED talk and it pretty much changed my life as far as productivity. Yeah, she's awesome. Right. And have you heard of the five second rule? You know what? I just discovered that I would say in the last month, but I know that you had mentioned that you had been following her and she's amazing. She is. And she's, I think she's from Michigan and she lives in Boston now. So she's kind of like rough around the edges, like South side of Chicago kind of people that I'm used to growing up around. So she tells it like it is, but It really helps to pair it with the Pomodoro technique because they go hand in hand. So the five second rule is anytime you think to do anything, if you think I need to do the dishes, you go five, four, three, two, one. And on one, you get up and you just do it because your action is lost in the decision. When you think of something, you've already decided you're going to do it. So you do five, four, three, two, one, and you get up and then set your Pomodoro timer and work for 25 minutes and then take your break. And if 25 minutes is too long for you at at first, start with 15. Because I've noticed with my Pomodoro timer that I tend to look at my phone to see how long I have at 17 minutes. And I did it several times. Interesting. Yeah. So it helps to do that. You don't have to be perfect. We're all about making it work for you and just adapting these things for yourself. But I will say you are probably the most productive person I've ever met in my life, like as far as keeping yourself on a schedule and timing. Thank you. I would definitely say when it's when it's things I don't want to do, I don't necessarily know if I'm as productive, but I just think, you know, for instance, if it's, you know, a blog I'm trying to write, if it's an email I want to write to a very difficult person, I just think if I write one sentence in the 25 minutes, it's still one step towards the direction that I need to accomplish that task. So if that's all I get done today, I try again tomorrow and maybe I'll write another two more sentences in the 25 minutes, you know, whatever it is. And I agree with Anna. We just want you to find something that works for you. If the timer works for you, freaking awesome. If you find that it doesn't work for you and like Anna said, maybe 10 minutes is your max, you know, and that's where you start and you kind of build up. I will tell you when I started the Pomodoro timer two and a half years ago, 
I was exactly like you, Anna. It was like seven minutes. I was like, is it over yet? <laughs> you know, oh, it just yeah. it didn't work for me. But I had to build up. So I love that you brought that up. Start small and build your way up. And one of my favorite sayings ever is done is better than perfect because mm. the number one reason people procrastinate is not because they're lazy. We're busting that myth. It's because we're perfectionists. And once mm-hmm. you remove the perfect, you can just get it done. Yes. And I love that you just said that, Adam, because today on Shine, I screenshotted this for our podcast because I just got so excited about this. The quote is by Charlie Gilkey. And don't quote me, I might be pronouncing his name wrong, but it's G-I-L-K-E-Y. He says, good enough and done is better than perfect and pending. Amen. Oh, Love that. Love it. It doesn't, perfect doesn't exist. So we're also busting that myth. It doesn't exist. You're just working to be, you're better, better than you were yesterday. And better for you is completely different than what might be for Anna or might be for me. So perfect doesn't exist. Yes. Better than before, right? Yes. Gretchen Rubin's book is called Better Than Before. And we're just trying to be better than we were 10 minutes ago, five minutes ago, a second ago. I love that. And I wish everyone could see the smile on my face that you just brought. I love that. The second thing that I I, I pride myself on this, <laughs> I know I'm, this is probably really annoying to all of my friends and family and coworkers, but I love the Google Calendar. I love the Google Queen Calendar. Queen of Google Calendar, <laughs> Kasha S. McGuire. <laughs> Love it. Love it is probably an understatement. I'm obsessed with it. If it went away tomorrow, Anna, I, I, I don't know what I would do. I, I just don't know what I would do because I've, I know we're going to talk about this in a little bit and Anna's going to talk about planners, but that has not worked for me. But I know you're the queen of it. And so I've found that Google calendars work for me. Why? First of all, I have an iPhone. So I love that it automatically syncs with my email immediately with my phone. And I love that. And I love that when someone invites me to something, if there's a meeting, if I have a coaching client, it's immediately synced to my phone. So even if I'm not beside my laptop, I have easy access to it. And I love that. And it's immediately sent out because the second Kasha confirms, yes. <laughs> she is on Google Calendar and it is in your <laughs> inbox waiting for you to accept. Yes, yes. With all the details. So, with all the details. The address, the, yes, all the information that has to be detailed because I, I have to have it organized. So Google Calendar for me, why it works is, you know, if a time doesn't work, someone else can suggest, you know, maybe a different time. And then I get that also automatically sent to me. I like being able to have that right away so that there's no confusion. There's, you know, and then you can confirm on your calendar because when you receive it, it's like, oh, actually I have something else going on at that time. It's not going to work. So whenever Anna and our friends get together and we're like, hey, we want to have a girls weekend this weekend. Do any of these dates work? Something else that has also helped me is Doodle and it's D O odle.com and it's a way to be able to organize get togethers with friends and be able to find a common time slot and a date that works for everyone else and then I find what works for everyone else and then I send a google calendar everyone accepts hopefully and we get to do our fun activity whatever it is so those two things the tomato timer and google calendar 
has made my life so much easier. And today is talking all about stress management. That has lifted so much stress from my life because I'm not going back and forth in an email. Hey, does this time work for you? It's I can see that they've either accepted that Google Calendar or they have not. So that's changed my life. And Anna, you know what else has changed my life? What? <laughs> so this may seem so easy and yet incredibly simple and silly. So you know how we all have 24 hours in the day? Yes, we all do. So, well, each human being on this planet, whether it's the president of the United States, your doctor, a lawyer, your teacher, a student, a janitor, a chef, a professor, it doesn't matter. Each of us only has 24 hours. So time management is not about finding time. It's making time for the things that are most important to you. We spend so much of our day giving it away to people or situations that do not serve or inspire us or encourage us to be better. Let me repeat that because this has blown my mind. We spend so much of our day giving it away to people or situations that don't serve us, that don't make us better, they don't inspire us, they don't encourage us. Ugh. Anna, I've been doing it wrong for 33 years of my life. <laughs> I think that struck, I mean, that started to become a thing when it was like, Beyonce has the same amount of time in a day that you do. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, she does. And we do have, again, I'm, I like to sprinkle the grace on it. Absolutely. People have circumstances in their life that change that for everybody. You might not have as much time as somebody who works from home. But what I think we're trying to say here is that time needs to be budgeted. It's not even managed. A budget, you tell your money where to go. Same thing with time. You tell your time where it needs to go. Yes. And I I think too is, you know, we only have the 24 hours. And so, yes, yeah, sometimes there's absolutely situations, you know, maybe family members or friends that not necessarily I'm saying eliminate them from, yeah. Probably not going to happen. However, you do get to choose some of your day of who you spend time with and how you spend it. And so don't allow others to dictate your time. And I understand that sometimes you don't have the pleasure of saying, well, I don't want to do this and that. I have to do that. But for me, Anna, that's something that I've struggled with my entire life as being a people pleaser. And so saying yes to situations or invites or hanging out with people that I know I don't feel good after I'm hanging out with them. You know, I just feel low energy. I'm not inspired. I don't feel loved or supported in that situation. And so that's something that's just you know, I've discovered it, not discovered. It's not, it's like, yes, there's only 24 hours in the day, but something about that, Anna, just resonated with me so clearly just in the last few months. And it's been really nice to be able to eliminate some of those situations or invites that I, I don't want to spend time with, or I don't want to do certain things because it's not bettering me as a person. And it's also not giving off good energy for me. And so nobody wants to hang out with a moody, negative person then if that's the space I'm in. So that's something that's helped me. What about you, Anna? Have you found time time management, your favorite tricks or hacks that have stuck with you? Well, the five second rule really helps. I actually have started using the Google Calendar like you do, but in a work capacity. Woo -woo. If we're scheduling meetings at work, once I've confirmed with all the people who are there, I send them all an invite to the meeting, what it is, so we all know. We're all on the same page. And it's really more for me, so I it can get right onto my calendar. 
onto my phone. And I am a little different. I like to use a paper planner in conjunction with a digital planner. I just want to say that I've tried literally every type of planner out there. I've had Erin Condren, which costs like $50. I've tried the bullet journal where you create your own weekly spreads and it's more of an artistic thing. I've used dinky little planners from Walgreens. I've used a really awesome one from Target. And even since the last few weeks have happened here, I'm trying something else because (laughs) I think... You are the queen of it for sure. And it, it brings me joy to buy them and put them together. Maybe because it's making me feel like I have my life more together than I really do. But I'm just kind of discovering what works for me, what system works for me. What works for me might not work for our listeners here, or it might work for the listeners. I've come to find that I need a daily spread with each half hour marked out so I can write my schedule in. I also need a major calendar and I need to do lists on every single page and top three priorities listed out. That is what works for me. Well, and I also have to say too, Anna, is I have to compliment you the fact that your planners are always so beautiful. And I'm not an artist. Anna, if you guys don't already know this, Anna's a true artist. It's just so beautiful. And I always want to replicate it, but I'm just not as cool (laughs) as you are. And so mine would just be so boring in comparison to yours when we'd be at faculty meetings. I'd look over and Anna's is like beautiful (laughs) colors and stickers and doodle. And I'm looking over and I'm like, I literally just scratched (laughs) off my to-do list. (laughs) And I was like, I wish mine were as pretty as Anna's because maybe I would totally stick with the planner. Well, thank you. And I've spent, like I said, I've spent a lot of money figuring out who I am when it comes to planners. I've had the stickers. I've had the pretty pens. I still use some pretty pens, but I found some erasable pens. They're called the friction pens. These are not the pens. What is that? These are not the erasable pens we all had growing up where it was like spotty ink and it didn't erase. (laughs) These are awesome. They are gel pens. We'll put them in the show notes and you can erase them. They also make friction erasable markers. What? Yes. So there's so many things that work for you, for me, for nobody. Like we can't do it all and we can't be it all. So I'm just encouraging everybody to find a system that works for you and try different things out. You might need to spend some money figuring out what works for you. But if you can't maintain a planner on paper, don't feel bad. If you can't maintain a planner digitally, don't feel bad. If some months you have to do digital and some months you have to do paper, really just give yourself some grace for any of this, for any of the tips we've given you today. Make it work for you. So that's kind of my experience with paper planners. I've done everything under the sun. I'm still always looking for the next best planner. From what I've seen, a lot of people end up creating their own planners because they just don't find something that works for them. So if it's not working for you, I challenge you to create your own planner. And it might not look pretty at first, but it's going to work for you. And life isn't about everything looking pretty. It's about making the best and creating yourself, really creating a life that you're proud of and being your best self and not trying to be somebody else. I love that, Anna. I I commend that. I think just 
having grace for yourself and just being proud of those little accomplishments and your accomplishments are going to look very different from the person next to you. So I love that you mentioned that. Yeah. And one of my favorite quotes that I'll end on is you're a horrible somebody else. Pick someone, anyone you want to be like, but you're the perfect you. Mm. It's perfect. (laughs) That's actually perfect. (laughs) So that's all we have for you as far as stress management goes. We will, of course, continue this conversation onto our blog. Make sure you check it out there. Our web address is soulschoolpodcast.wordpress.com. You'll find the show notes there and you'll find any posts related to our episodes there. So now it's my favorite time of our podcast, our soul cool segment (laughs) kasha what is so cool in your life right now so i was just in the yucatan peninsula with my husband sean and we were just on vacation just for the week and we just got back yesterday and i was a spanish teacher for several years one of the topics i would teach is about the mayans if you guys don't know about the mayans you need to go and research and google the crap out of the mayans because they were some it was one of the coolest groups ever in history in my opinion they were incredible astronomers they invented zero they understood the calendar they understood what produce to farm and to grow based on the stars and the moon and the sun incredible right this is like like thousands of years ago and they understood this and and how they farmed and their irrigation water system i mean they were just such a cool such a cool tribe i mean just beautiful while we were in the yucatan peninsula and something i taught about was of course the mayans but the mayan temples were just wow they had all these really cool religious ceremonies i don't know if i'd call them cool because someone would you know there'd be sacrifices but then they also had this game that they would have instead of a hoop it'd be a circle but instead of you know how the hoop would be here it would be vertically and so you could only touch the ball they used a ball you could only use your shoulders elbows no hands and your hip to play okay so if you think about it you couldn't use your head like you do in soccer right you couldn't use your feet you couldn't use your hands. How difficult it must have been to play this game. And basically the point of it is, just kind of like in basketball, you're trying to get the ball through this vertical, like, rimmed hoop. Super hard. Wow. So while we were there, we were able to climb one of the last temples that you're able to, because in Chichen Itza, you can't climb it. In Tulum, you can't climb them. So we went to Coba, C-O-B-A, and I'll leave show notes a link so that you can check out this really cool part of history it's in the middle of this jungle and i was able to climb this temple in the middle of coba for me anna just teaching it for so many years in my spanish classes to my students it was one of the coolest pieces you know having history come alive standing at the top of this temple where thousands of years of years ago this group of people lived and thrived and traded and they literally lived in the middle of this jungle and one of the coolest parts about this part of the trip other than obviously climbing a temple so freaking cool was standing on the top of this temple you notice that the jungle has literally taken over several of these temples and so trees are growing on top of these stones and these steps and you just really see you know you're just this like small part in history but just something that you create can live on for generations and thousands and thousands of years and that just really stuck with me was something you know leaving that legacy and anything you create 
that's going to better other people will be passed on for generations to generations and people are going to talk about it. And that to me was so cool. I just thought it was just so neat to be standing there where people thousands and thousands of years ago worked so hard to build this temp, this beautiful temple in the middle of this beautiful jungle. And I just happened to be just standing on top of it and just looking out. And I just thought it was so neat. That makes me wonder what people are going to be like standing on right right thousands of years from now (laughs) what ruins will be there and what what's going to survive right right and of course just like you kind of alluded to there their history is not perfect just like our history isn't perfect here there's things that they probably would go back and change just like we would so absolutely that sounds amazing tell me thank you Anna, tell me, what was your so cool this week? Well, this has been a soul cool for a while now, and it is the Shine app. And Ooh. I spread the word to all of our friends in our little friend group because <laughs> I truly, truly love this app. So what it is, you can sign up for the texts or you can use the app. You set a time for when you want the text to come through, and when you open up the text it shows you a inspirational quote and then it posts an article about something that will help you kind of like what we've done here where we broke down stress management they choose to cover one topic a day so when I open up my shine app today what comes up is a little text conversation for Thursday, March 1st comes through the good enough and done is better than perfect and pending that Kasha was talking about earlier. And it says your ambition is a beautiful thing, Anna, but always aiming for the stars can make us freeze up. Get to good enough first and then we'll click on the article. It'll give you tips for the day and it really just puts things in perspective and it really helps me get out of bed in the morning right away because I'm inspired. They also have some morning mantras that you can do after you're done. You just click the little shine tab and they have a featured article called the procrastination game, which they'll play for you. And then they have something called quick hitters, which are free and they have morning mindset, midday mood and evening vibes. And then if you want to subscribe, they have so many more tracks like they have self-care for online dating, communication needs, stay you in a relationship, you are enough, self-care boundaries, ditch self-doubt. It's just the coolest app I've seen in a long time. And like I said, I shared it with everybody right away because I was so excited about it. (laughs) And I know you're getting the text, Kasha. I love that. Did you you switch to the app and see? I did switch to the app and I like the different, there's way more flexibility and resources, I feel, in the app than it is the text. But I feel if you're not wanting distraction, but you want like a positive, like simple message, then the texts are absolutely perfect too. Absolutely. So I will have a link to that in the show notes this week. I think everybody would really benefit from having it. And it is my personal referral link. So it's just, it's not like I'm going to get anything really for it. I can get like a sticker if I get 10 people to sign up. But I just truly believe in Shine and what they're trying to do. They're incredible. So that's my soul cool for the week. 
I love that and it's so inspiring and it's such a wonderful way to start your day especially just based on everything we were talking about is stress so if you get like a little bit of inspiration and it's easier for you to get out of bed at least that's what I found with this app so thank you for sharing that then hopefully it'll start like put a pep in your step in the day absolutely Well, we're so excited that you're here again for episode two. In the meantime, while you're waiting for episode three, you can head over to soulschoolpodcast.wordpress.com to find all of today's show notes as well as our blog that goes along with all of our episodes. Until next time, stay stay inspired. inspired. You're perfect, can't you see? You're braver than